All right, I, I haven't got time to mark this motherfucker. Here we go again. We can't hear anybody. Nobody can talk to anybody. Guest Pressure Points with your two favorite hosts. I'm D, and this is my poop cutter, AJ. We're coming at you with Season 5, Episode 8, Smalls and the Planter Escape. We're going to be talking about one of the greatest heists of the 1860s. And AJ will clarify on his newly acquired status. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Points of Pressure. Well, turn the fucking thing off, you dumbass. You almost fit it all in. <laughs> no, almost. it's because I dragged my feet uh, when I was talking about the heist. That's okay. Hey, you know what? If I can, I can count on two things in life, and that's a, you're going to do an episode on survival or heists. I like them. Every episode is one of those two things, which is fine. I don't something, mind. I think they're great. Something saved or something stolen. <sighs> my, my two wedding gifts. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck the thing is. Blue and I don't know. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So, um, so welcome back. Yeah. Uh, I won't say my good news, but you uh, poop cutter. What's going uh, on? I had my first clinical, <laughs> and <laughs> it was actually a ton of fun. Uh, you know, it was kind of a skilled nursing facility. Got to clean out a lot of nice bed sores and mm. do a lot of fun stuff. But... Mine. It was it, his clinical was actually at my apartment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mainly just wiping my asshole. Yeah, exactly. Over time. and over and over again. Yeah. I ate so much Mexican food in preparation. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. I did. Uh, you know, I did a lot of stuff. I gave a lot of medications to completely non-compliant patients. Which is great. I love giving. I just imagine you fucking throwing them down there, like into their mouth, like the video of the dog where it goes down his mouth and he coughs it straight back up. I, uh, there, I just loved throughout the day checking blood sugar and it getting higher and higher and higher and having to give more and more and more medication. Me. And then just, you know, then asking, so what you have today? And they're like, oh, I drink a lot of soda today. I'm like, how the fuck did you even get soda in here? This is a prison. <laughs> yeah, essentially. So yeah, we we had a fairly new admit, and they it, it was actually really interesting. Accidental overdose due to polypharmacy. So oh. when an older person just gets a bunch of different medications to deal with shit, you get unintended you know consequences and side effects and interactions. Yeah. So. Yeah, very interesting, and uh, she finally took a shit, and I had to cut it up with a tongue depressor and put it in a little <laughs> a little jar, because oh, we were testing her for uh, C. diff, and I could, I can tell you, looking at that shit, they don't got no C. diff. It yeah. was solid. I was like, <laughs> was cutting a... through a well-done steak. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> the consistency. <laughs> like a very thick pudding. Oh, God, no thanks. Uh, a bread pudding. You know, thank God for people like you. Because Lord knows I would never do that. No, you're missing out. I mean, fuck. Who knows? Maybe at this point that'll become my new job because I have submitted my resignation. You're no longer fucking one percenter. A one percenter, you bitch. I'm out. I did it. You finally did it. Now I can't shit on you for being the bourgeois. I am. I am freed from the chains of a capitalism workplace. 
and hearing people throw around the words 12 million shares of blank. I don't have to hear that shit anymore. It's so fucking relieving. I bet it's amazing. It's liberal. You're not going to have bitches telling you to stop moving tables because yeah, you're slightly I'm loud. I'm not going to have people telling me that I'm housekeeping Ooh. to my face. It's it, Honestly, it's I already feel mentally freed. Oh, God. I bet <laughs> your mental health is going to get oh, so dude, much I, better. I've, I've already felt like just so much better about things which so. means podcast is gonna get better yeah yeah uh at least on half of like one half of it the yeah. other the other half has already been doing pretty well uh, i would this, say it's this a, half it's a of the table decline. has been been rough the last six months ah no nah, it's been perfect we put out yeah. our best shit but been great uh to new viewers oh, i was gonna say that before welcome. i go into my my last week thank you all for being here yeah. you may have shown up from an ad or you came across us it's good to have you surprisingly enough we welcome you and sorry for the cringe in the intro but <laughs> in season this one is, this is what to expect no if you go back <laughs> every, listen every if, if you are intro. well yeah that too but especially in season one oh. i am sorry for the intros oh on behalf God. of a d yeah so i can't even, don't judge us i think i've apologized weekly i'm going to these. say if you're listening to this and you want to like get caught up with the back catalog, start in two. season two. Start with two. go get caught up and Love, then do season yeah. one if you make it that far. S start with two, and once you you gain that love and understanding of who we are, then go back and listen to the really <laughs> cringy shit in season yeah, one. Yeah, and if you haven't listened to season one. That's okay. Uh, go listen to it. D, D used to do voices yeah, for eight great. episodes. It's, it's great. D, yeah. You know, uh, I you didn't realize how quickly we would run out of ideas. Yeah, how quickly I would just hit like a mental block when it came to voices and was like, okay, yeah. So, uh, and then also I'm, the realization of how terrible. So bad it is, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. How was your last week? I mean, I know you talked about yeah. your your clinical but i got my taxes back and because Ooh, i was going to school during covid i got a nice little education percenter is now so exactly how much did you get back combined with my wife or just split in half my half when you filed and you got your taxes oh, we, back, we combined our taxes then how much was the total okay for me and my wife it was about forty three hundred dollars. Ooh wee! Guess how much I would have owed. <laughs> how much? Or gotten if I didn't have this tax credit. Huh. We probably would have gotten back like thirteen hundred dollars. <laughs> it's still so much more than mine. Well, I. But I, it's okay. So I I set up my taxes so that I don't pay nearly as much throughout the year, and I. Anytime it's tax season, I have to pay so fucking much because of H&R Block and shit. I need to figure out how to do it on my own. Uh, you don't do it um, on your own? No, I haven't. But uh, I haven't filed yet. I still have like a dude, month just, and a half. Dude, okay. It's it's mainly because I for some reason, I have no idea why, I had like a 401k withdrawal. Yeah, I don't know. You I, took a 401k withdrawal? No, not that I know of. Something happened. It's on my my tax form. I think I need to, like, look 
when well, you're ready, I know I okay. need to look more into When it. you're ready to do your taxes, just come over. I will do your taxes for okay, you. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I can get you the free version of TurboTax okay, based okay. on your income. I think, um, I think But I yeah, so I'm at $41 for my return. Ooh. Yeah, nothing like a nice $41 to pay for H&R Block. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to be honest. That's the way to do it. I taught you that. I told you that yeah, years yeah. ago. You need to – You're if you are getting a bunch of money back and it's not from like tax credits, you are giving the government an interest-free loan for mm-hmm. a year. Yeah. And you know, one person, that's not a huge deal, but you get – a couple hundred million of us and all of, you know, a couple of bucks every single paycheck, all that money is just free use for the government. And don't get me wrong, like, it is cool to get that, like... The like, lump. Fucking two years ago, I got, like, a like 1,500 return and I was thrilled. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, now I'm just like, this is good. Yeah, I, I, I prefer swear to God, that way. if that cat comes through... I don't see it being picked up. There's a okay. fucking stray cat outside yeah. the window. Kitty. That's its name. Its name is Kitty. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So what else happened this last week? Okay. Thomas, I started some apple brandy, apple wine stuff. Just wanted to let you keep you up to date on my yeah. home brewing stuff. But I'm going to distill it and turn it into apple moonshine. <laughs> Because guess where my taxes went? Uh, I, I may or may not have gone to a distill or, or a still. We're gonna have to fucking remove. Is that this called? Uh, is that called a plausible deniability? Does that no. work if I admit to plausible deniability? I mean, considering you're not connected to this at all, they'll just go to me. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I did that on purpose. I made sure all the finances come from on you. Everything. Oh yeah. Oh goodness. But yeah. Oh, we went to. An Asian market today and got a bunch of snacks. Yeah. Got a bunch of fucking everything. It's they had that, that instant Korean coffee there. And it's cost half it as good. much as it is I liked it. On, on Amazon. Like literally half as much. <laughs> and this is my second cup. Hey, well, And I, I figured out the water ratio because I can't read Korean. I was going to say, mine did taste a little watered down. This one's th- better. It was still good. It was it's still so really good. good. You know, it's instant coffee. It's the best. You know, yeah, you do what you can. About as good as you can get. So I have a, a now nine ninety seven of those packets left. Um, <laughs> Jesus. All right. Okay. Well. So, last thing, I've done a lot of auctioning this week, and I'm just gonna keep you up to date because I have fun with it. Let me go to my 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 purchases. I won some lav mics for two dollars. That's fun. Fantastic. This one's more more pertinent to the podcast. I got a book called This is Not Vietnam, This is Panama, a Latin American country invaded by the United <laughs> States of America. The armed intimidation and provocation of the United States of America's army against Panama. So that's cool. Nice. <laughs> cool little book. It's about, yeah, it's just about Panamanian psyops. Yeah. Uh, a knife that I, that my father asked me to get for him hey if you're listening to this venmo me 65 dollars it came out about 15 dollars more expensive than i thought i'll pay for shipping but venmo me 65 bucks for it <laughs> i almost got a soviet union flag i almost got a medic flag from vietnam there was some awesome shit that i really There's wish i had cool a stuff more money. yeah but I, the, it, it's got me feeling like i want to download it just to see some of the it's shit fun just to see like 
most of the time you're not for me the stuff that i'm looking for the majority of the time i don't find an auction with shit that i want to yeah. find but every once in a while once every couple of weeks there's one that just is perfect okay. so ticks all the boxes i also i need to take an advance on the patreon funds for next month from you oh because i won oh, those are the fucking hats. the world two matching world war ii chef hats jesus christ that we're gonna wear and on the next episode you're not gonna there'll be no difference fucking 80 year old lice here we come Hell baby yeah. Uh, so yeah, I got some some army chef hats <laughs> from <laughs> World War Two, and they're matching. They're size seven and three quarters. I don't know what that means. So hopefully they fit our humongous noggins. They're not. They're not gonna fit. They're gonna fit. They're gonna fit us like a yarmulke. Yeah, let's well, we'll fashion <laughs> them into. Ah, oh, good lord. The, the authentic cooking yarmulke. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm down. Let me let me silence my phone now that I'm thinking about it. Otherwise, it's definitely going to buzz. But that's my week. Not bad. Yeah. Other than Quentin, you do anything fun? No. Uh, nice. Just really struggled for like the two days that I worked this oh, I last bet. week. <laughs> oh, man. So we are taking a trip. Luckily, not to the 30s, 40s, or 50s this I'm week. sorry. Uh, we're going all the way back to 1839 to South Carolina. Carolina. A man by the name of Robert Smalls is born. Uh, he was born a man. Yeah. Did he have that Benjamin Button disease? He was born a man. Uh, no, he did not. So his mother had grown up working in the fields under a slave owner by the name of John McKee. And... Some people thought that John was Robert's father. Some people thought that it was John's son, Henry. Um, others even thought that it was the plantation manager, Patrick Smalls, which was kind of the focus that the McKee family put on all of it so that it, he wasn't seen as this, like, slave master, like sleeping with uh, one of his slaves and having their son, right? Mm -hmm. God forbid. Um, so uh, everyone just called him Robert Smalls. And the reason people really thought that the McKee, like he was one of the McKees, um, is because he was treated so kindly by that family. Like the McKees were almost like oddly nice to Robert mm. so much so that Robert's mom insisted and would arrange for Robert to work in the fields and she would say like you're gonna go watch what's happening at the whipping post as as a young boy just because she was like I don't want him thinking that oh slavery is just this fucking easy cruise through life. Uh, yeah. She was like, I want him to know the, the horrors of how bad this really is. Yeah, actually look yeah. at this shit. Now, as all of this went on, it really started to radicalize Robert. And he, he was regularly arrested and taken into the Beaufort jail, Beaufort, South Carolina, where they were. Um, and it had gotten so bad that 
Robert's mother started to actually worry about his indignation. And she was she was like, okay, well, <laughs> maybe he's a little too angry about what's happening. So she reached out to John McKee and said, can you start renting him out, basically, um, hiring him out to different businesses just so that, like, he's not seeing what's going on on the plantation as heavily. Now, I didn't know that this was a thing. I had no idea that, like they would lease out or do what was called hiring out slaves back in the uh, 1840s, 50s. Now, what it was is it was basically a way to lease people uh, from one slave owner to another. It's fucking awful. Uh, well, yeah. And they'd basically turn that one worker into like a profit machine instead of them avoiding being able to pay or instead of them avoiding paying someone to work for the job. Now they were taking somebody that they owned that's not getting paid and they would get paid to give them to somebody else. It's fucking insane. Uh, so Smalls was kind of bouncing around all over, all over Beaufort for a little bit. Um, and then he ended up getting into like Charleston, South Carolina and, and yeah, and (laughs) sorry, this (laughs) South is fucking getting to me apparently. So he worked a lot on, uh, one of the, one of the ports over there. And, uh, he, the man that he was working under was like, Hey, look. I'll let you keep $1 of your earnings every week, which I'll pull up the, I will Dang, need, this. That's I'll like, need this later. Yeah. That's actually a very, uh, generous yeah. offer for the time period. Seriously. Must be, he must've been very well liked. I, I think that he was, um, so was he was he educated? Fifty. I, I would assume that I think his that, good treatment. I think that because of how so that was like he gets to keep twenty eight dollars a week, basically, right? Or wait, oh, it won't even do it because eighteen fifty doesn't fucking work. Damn it! Nice, but like you know, I I assume being kind of treated nicer, having different opportunities, he's going to see society. And have experiences in society different than the average slave during the time period. Yeah. So he must have been able to, like, just get along better with the people he's working for, I guess. I I don't know. Yeah, so I think that because of his situation and because the McKees treated him so well, he was able to, like, he was he was an intelligent guy. Like, it wasn't like Robert, Mc, or Jesus, Robert Smalls was, like... I, I do think that he had some kind of education. Yeah. Um, because you'll learn later on in the episode, like, he, he ends up being very fucking clever in the way that he's doing things. Uh, $1 a week is $36 today. Hey, 36 bucks a week, that's all you need. Especially when, you know... As long as you're not buying your avocado toast, fucking, uh, you're fine. Purchased human. God, fucking, it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, let's see, where were we? Uh, so yeah, he gets to keep $1 per week and he would mainly work in the Harbor. Uh, oh shit. I lost my place, but he took in all of the information he could 
Um, and it, it's like 1858 at this point. He's been working in the harbor for fucking years. And uh, Harbor's a good place during that time period, yeah. too. That's oh, yeah. like That's like the social media of the 1800s. I mean, you also figure this is obviously, whoa, obviously whoa. this is this is pre-Civil War. And so the South is just like shipping Booming. shit out like crazy, oh, and yeah. to work in like to work in a place that's as northern. Obviously, South Carolina isn't crazy southern. It's not crazy northern, but it is closer than working in like fucking New Orleans, where you've got to go around Florida. Mm-hmm. So it's, you got to be motivated. Like, you're, to go to New yeah, Orleans. you're you're getting all of that trade supply through Charleston and shipping everything out from there. So he's seeing a lot of this go on, and he's just fucking taking everything in. Um, and in like 1856, 1857, around then, uh, he actually met a girl by the name of Hannah, who she was owned by the Kingman family. And she worked at a hotel in Charleston. And uh, Robert, Robert was a fan, you know. Mm. He he saw Hannah, and he he liked what he saw, and she liked what she saw. So eventually, they got permission to get an apartment together, which is fucking crazy. Yeah, for them to not be living on a plantation. Um, I mean the the owner must have just been making enough money. Oh, of course. I think like. It's yeah, interesting because yeah, you, you in don't really think about that perspective. Like, I'm, they're not free people by any means. But, like, given just, like, an ounce there, here and there in these bigger areas, mm-hmm. it was, like, you never really think about that that aspect. Well, if you're, if you're thinking and about I mean, it, you know, in that perspective of investment, making money, which is the worst way to look at human it's beings. It's fucking terrible. But and it's... To to look at it along that line, those lines. Okay, Robert works a lot, or works basically exclusively yeah, you at keep, the docks. Keep them happy, and man. you know, let's see. Uh, I, I mean, this is truly horrible. But okay, they have a kid. I've got another slave, and it's so I don't bad. have to pay to shuttle this dude from my plantation down yeah. to the dock every day if he can just walk there from his apartment walk across the street that's a, and, and, and then he has a little bit of spending money so it's not like i'm going God, to dude. be spending for his living yeah it's he fucking, got it it's that it's is it's so horrible awful. it is so horrible it's so bad and there's there's no and there's no good way to talk about it and there shouldn't be no not at all and there's so, there's no redeeming quality of any all. of anything that happened in the south um, well, anywhere there was slavery, yeah, yeah, yeah it, but especially truly. brutally in the South. God damn! So uh, uh, it's about states' rights. Fuck you. <laughs> so, like I said, they get an apartment and they get married. They raise a small family. However, it wasn't like a fully recognized union, right? Yeah. Um, it's just they hold like a little ceremony and they're like, "Hey, we're married." And mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's they do great. Their own thing, yeah, it's which great. Is, I mean, that's the important part. So, uh, Smalls works his ass off in the harbor, and he actually gets assigned to a ship called the CSS Planter. Now, this, it was a supply ship that it had been utilized previously quite a bit in Charleston. Um, and they would carry like certain other trades out with it. And as the Civil War began, 
it ended up shifting to delivering weapons because the the area where it was kind of stationed more or less was Fort Sumter, which is just a ton of like little islands that you would have like they would bounce back and forth through. I mean, they would even take supplies as far as like down to New Orleans. Um, so Robert had been he'd been working there for so long, he basically got promoted to a title called virtual pilot, right? Now, black people weren't allowed to hold rank in like 1800s America, like up until the end of the Civil War. Uh, so he's placed under the title Wheelman. And he would actually get teased by his fellow shipmates, his fellow seamen. <laughs> uh, and it, it went on for a while because he kind of looked like the the captain cj riley like the way that he would carry himself uh the way that he would just like stand and and like walk and he was like, very his captain-ly. movements yeah he was well really captainly but like their mannerisms were just very very similar because they had spent so much time together uh so riley was actually known for wearing this big straw hat and when they would go past these ports, he would just stand with his arms folded while the ship would pass. And he would do like the little signals and shit in a very distinct manner. So much so that when they would pass and he would drop signals, everyone knew that that was Riley. Yeah. They were like, oh, like they basically were so comfortable. Yeah. They, were like, they oh. wouldn't even really check the signals. Yeah. It was just like, the oh, CSS obviously with this Riley. is, this they, is obviously him. Like. Who else could it possibly be? Yeah. It was really cool. Um, so to ensure that all was well during these supply runs, uh, at certain times, the planter would have to, like, signal. So they would, they would like, do a certain, like, length of whistle or, like, beep, beep. Or, like, and their flags fucking, or yeah, lights. Flags or, or like, certain horns. Or, like I said, they would give certain gestures. Or, really, like I like. Fucking Riley would just stand up there with his arms crossed and they'd be like, oh, well, all is well. Old dipshit Riley. Dipshit Riley's dead at the front of the helm. Now, on the night of May 12th, the planter had just finished this big supply run. I mean, they had gone up to one of the one of the ports that had they were planning on disassembling just because it was old. It wasn't getting a lot of action. And they had loaded up a bunch of the guns and weapons from that area, tossed them on the planter, brought like a ton of shit back to uh, to Charleston. Uh, and they got into port a little bit after fucking midnight. Like this is a late, late yeah, run. Yeah, it's a late run. Now, because they got back so late, Riley and his like two or three officers that were on board decided hey we're just gonna hop off board for the night and it it's tough because it wasn't standard for ports in during the civil war uh it wasn't standard for confederate ships in the civil war i should say to leave slaves aboard and say hey stay here for the night finish up do your shit and then go home we're gonna dip out early it was however regular for the planter 
because Riley had worked with these these men so frequently, he was basically like, oh yeah, like I know that I know that the men that are like the slaves that I have on ship are still going to be working and they're going to do what they need to do. They know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I, They've done it time and time again. Yeah. He goes, I trust. I'm going to go get a drink. Yeah. I'm going to go home and fucking beat the shit out of my wife. Cause I'm a Confederate piece of shit. Perfect. So it was pretty common for, for Riley and his officers to do this. However, the Confederate ideology was that if you left a group of slaves in charge of the ship, it was enough for a court-martial. This was big, big-time no-no shit. Well, yeah, because if it's just a slave or a ship full of slaves, then they're almost people. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, he he did trust these guys not to say anything to anybody about it. He, probably because he was so violent towards them. If he, they knew that they, he would be violent towards them if he said anything. Yeah. Or if they said anything. Um, now, the planter had 200 rounds of ammunition on it, a 32-pound pivot gun, a 24-pound howitzer, which, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's basically the minigun of the Civil War. How many Civil pounds? War, 24. 24... Pound. Like that's the crank. No, I don't think that's the crank. Uh, Civil War. Okay. Oh, it's like a Gauss cannon. It's it's a big ass cannon. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a howitzer. I mean, you know, when you look at, when you think of a howitzer, a modern howitzer, how it's kind of like an artillery gun. Yeah. It's the same thing, but in cannon form. Yeah. Um, and then there were four guns, one of which. Had been pretty heavily damaged, but still functioned. Now, a little bit after 2 a.m., um, a lot of the slaves that were leaving the ship were seen heading back to their homes. A couple would have like their wives meet them at port, and they would escort their wives home. So they sit like if you were watching the ship up until it was completely empty. Everyone heads off the ship, slaves go home, go about their night. But just before 2 a.m., Robert Smalls got his fellow slaves together, and he said, I've hatched a plan over the last few days, the last few weeks, really. We're going to take the planter, CSS planter. We're going to navigate through all of the waters of Fort Sumter, and we're going to escape through the north using any and all guns that are aboard this ship. Hell yeah. And all but two of the slaves agree. Everybody, like, basically everybody but these two are like, this is fucking worth it. Like, we're either going to get free or we're going to die trying. So, and if anyone's going to do it, it's Robert Smalls. So, they get everything ready and Smalls says, look, we can't stay on this ship all night. Like, we can't stay on it for much longer or else, because I mean, they're right outside a general's house. Yeah. Um, the general's fucking quarters in his home overlook where the planter ports every single night. So they go. We need to get everybody off the boat. The boat, and just as you get off of the harbor, sneak, just sneak right around the corner, and sit and lay low for just a little bit at these other boats that are close by, right? 
So, uh, after this, Smalls goes into Riley's cabin, and he puts on the famous straw hat. He puts on the captain uniform, and they kind of get everything, like, snuck back onto the ship. They're climbing back up. They get in. They fire up the ship, and they take off. Now, they have one stop to make, and they've raised the South Carolina flag. They raised the Confederate flag. Do they, at this point, do they, like, go and get their wives or their families, or are they just, let's get out? So, they have one one uh, place to stop beforehand. It's at the West, West Atlantic Wharf. So, it's just, just up the way a little bit. It's like a fucking, I think, 10-mile reroute, basically. Mm-hmm. So, they pop over here, and uh, they pick up four women, three men, and a handful of kids. Um, in addition to Riley's wife and two children. Now, Robert had approached his wife's owner a couple months previously, Kingman, uh, and he said, look, I want to make our marriage and our family official, and I don't want to keep being a slave to to these fucking terrible white men. What's it going to cost me? To, to make that happen. Like, I want to buy my wife and kids from you. And Kingman tells him it's going to cost you $800 to buy all three of them. Okay, okay. $800. Oh, I, I already have it. It's no. T- oh, do you want me to say it or are you looking at it? No, up? no. I'm, I'm doing something else. So you say what you're saying. So it's t- basically almost $30,000 to buy these three people, which is just insane considering in 800 weeks if he spends zero money right yeah yeah exactly but he had a hundred he had a hundred dollars saved up so he's got like like 35 3600 bucks right yeah he got some dosh yeah but to get thirty thousand dollars when you're only making 36 dollars a week like come on man yeah that's insane. so he he's just kind of torn at this point. And this is, like I said, a couple months before, he's just like, how the fuck am I ever going to get 700 more dollars to get, to get my family to finally yeah. be mine? Even though you shouldn't have to fucking buy your family. <laughs> like, yeah. God, like... Damn. So because of this, I think it further radicalized and kind of planted that seed more so than than Robert already had thought, like, hey, I want to escape to the north. Now he's like, okay, I'm going to set a fucking plan in yeah. motion. He's like, now I have to. Yeah, I don't now, have the like, option. Now I need to get the fuck out of here with my family. So they stop at the West Atlantic Wharf. Families hop on board and away they go. They pass first Fort Johnson and they blow the whistle. Beep, beep. And from the shore... It looks like Riley's at the helm because mm-hmm. Smalls stands with his arms crossed, hat on his head in the captain's uniform, but it's like 345 in the morning. So the light of dawn is still well under the horizon and Robert looks just like almost it's almost uncanny how much Robert looks like Riley at this point. 
it's so dark, you can't see anything, but you you do recognize, oh, that's Riley, that's a fucking CSS planter. They got their flags up, they did the whistle, good to go. So, Smalls has been doing this for years, and he knows every single thing to do to pass through these harbors in the dead of night. And and to remind you, this is wartime. Like, yeah. These are complex specifically set up that if you don't know exactly what you're doing you're a spy yeah, and you're you get done. shot yeah like this is this is intense this is when the the hans zimmer music <laughs> yeah right zimmer zimmerman hans zimmer zimmer okay yeah. the hans zimmer music is just like i don't know what i what yeah, that's it, from yeah, but yeah. It's hans, hans okay zimmer. i don't know why i a couple, a couple of the Inception. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that bass, really low bassy thing that's in like Hereditary. Really. <laughs> the Midsummer soundtrack starts playing. God, no kidding. Uh, so because the CSS Planter was so well known among everyone, uh, it was kind of considered like the guard boat, and it was supposed to just pass through everything without interruption. If any if any ship was supposed to just continue on its way, everyone yields to the CSS planter because of what it's constantly carrying on board. So they take this to their advantage. I mean, they're just cruising through, popping out signals left and right. And I mean, once they get out of the range of the guns, they fucking like Fort Sumter notices that they don't head over towards the next fort. What's happening is the CSS planter is heading straight to the Union's blockade, which they had struggled for a while with this. The Union was right on the border of where they have everything. Like, there was no way to get in. The Union would block anything trying to go further north. And the CSS planter passes just out of range from where they can be shot at alarms go off everyone's like what the fuck is the planter doing but on the other side of things the union sees this fucking confederate, confederate ship. ship just coming towards charging them <laughs> so someone says hey get your guns ready blast these assholes they're headed our way now on the planter uh, Smalls had arranged with his wife to bring a white sheet that she would have rolled up. They switched the flags, pop the white sheet up, and the Union sees, oh, they're surrendering. We're good. They can't find the white sheet anywhere. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so they're struggling. They're like, what the fuck do we do? They left it on their they've, kitchen counter. Yeah, they've, they've pulled down the two flags. They're flying. They're sailing with no flag at this point, and the union's like, "What the fuck is going on?" So, as gun number three is raised, putting them right in their sights, the guy goes, "Wait a second! I think I see a white flag." And they look really close, and they're like, "Is that a white flag? What the fuck is that thing?" And it was basically a piece of fabric that Smalls. And the crew had gotten a bunch of soap and lathered the fuck out of the thing with soap and water to make it look as white as possible. Hoisted that thing up 
and they see it and they go, wait, what the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. Like, it looks white. Like, it's like four in the morning at this point. Yeah, it's like, it's white, but there's, this is weird. Yeah, something's Some odd. weird shadows on this So bitch. they telescope in and they're like, all right, like, where's the captain? Like, what the fuck is going on? And they're looking for white faces. They're looking for any Confederate soldiers that might be just fucking hiding with a gun. They aren't seeing any any white men on the ship. And they're like, what the what the fuck is going on? So they say, don't fire. Don't don't shoot anything yet. We'll let them get here. And when they get here, we'll fucking handle it. And if we need to blow them up in port, blow them up, blow them up in port. Now, the CSS planner gets into port and they find out that this ship has been fucking stolen from Fort Sumter, reclaimed, and the best mutiny has ever fucking happened. And it still had the supplies on it. That All they of the shipped. supplies. However, even better is that the code book containing all of the signals for Confederate ports, because of how much the planter moved through ports and everywhere, the fucking Union now has every single signal that the Confederates use. Everywhere. Yeah, they can now just infiltrate on top spies, of that. troops, steal supplies. Yeah. It's, they, it's, it's, it's like getting the, the key to the city. Yeah. Of the port. You got the it's fucking crazy. skeleton key, man. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, the book has a map of all fucking locations of torpedoes and mines. Yeah, the underwater mines. In Charleston Harbor. Like, so the Union's like, oh my God. And they're, they're, they consider everyone that gets off of the planter... They call them all very intelligent contraband, and they're so <laughs> impressed with how well this has been carried out. Uh, one of the flagmen, which is basically like the port general, more or less, uh, he says, Robert Smalls is superior to any who have come into our lines, intelligent as any of them have been. Uh, so all this goes through. He drops off all these guns. He delivers a, like two fucking fat cannons. And tons of ammunition and the most valuable naval intel yeah, that the Union that's could always ever the thing receive. Is, intel is so powerful. So a private bill is passed within just like a, a week or two. And it gives, gives Smalls and the crew half of the proceeds of the value of the planter, right? So Smalls himself it's $1,500 and it's enough money that he, after the war is over in like 1860, I think it's like May, April, May, 1865, Robert Smalls buys the McKee plantation <laughs> and he purchases his home where he was born. Now, during the civil war, Robert actually lobbied for enlisting black soldiers for the Union Army for, like, from the time he he became a free man for the next few months. It's believed that he recruited almost 5,000 black soldiers 
just by himself. Yeah. Uh, he took lead of the planter at one point. They put him on it while they were raiding Fort Sumter. And the white captain just lost his shit and ran down to the coal bunker. And uh, Small stepped up and said, we're going to go here. We're going to go here. We're going to go here. Just takes complete control of the planter. Destroys Sumter. Fucking handles it effortlessly. And uh, he was actually promoted to captain. And he began earning $150 a month at that point. Hell yeah. He became the highest paid black soldier of the Civil War. And he served in a total of 17 different battles. Uh, when the war was announced as one in 1865, Robert was actually aboard the planter in Charleston Harbor. Which is just... I love it. Sweet fucking justice. Like, it's oh, just yeah. like... Could you imagine... Like what he must have been feeling yeah. through all of these successes, and, and he's just he's on board. The irony. He's on board. His like just chef's kiss heist, mm-hmm. and he's well, uh, not on, not only that, but the fact that he yeah, and now worked his yeah. way back to being captain of the ship that he stole yeah. originally. He's like, captain of the ship that oh he stole, God. and he's aboard that ship in the harbor he was he stole it from. In. That that he was enslaved in, mm-hmm. miles away, from, like just a few miles away from where he was born, it's announced the war is fucking over, and so he takes his money and he buys the plantation, buys his home, <laughs> which is so ironic that just he bought the fucking, plantation. I love it. Back dude. from it, it's amazing. It's this so dude is great. a badass. So after the war. Robert served five non-consecutive terms in the uh, U.S. House of Representatives for South Carolina. Now, it's weird because he serves for like four years in the 5th District. And then the 5th District gets shifted into the 7th District. And then like a few years go by and it's shifted into a different district. So his non-consecutive terms are all consecutive years pretty much. It's just because it was being changed districts. <laughs> um, and he actually started a, a shop in Beaufort that he worked alongside basically like an entrepreneur from Philadelphia. And one of them they, Yanks. Yeah, right. They would serve the needs of freemen until it was announced that black people would gain citizenship. Um, and he died in his home in Beaufort in February 22nd, 1915, the same place he was born. And that home is now a national landmark. Hell yeah. Uh, Better be. I, I don't know if they have it, but it's been proposed that, uh, Robert Smalls has a, a statue of him built in the, uh, fucking state capital in South Carolina just because of like how fucking monumental he was to the Civil War to turning the tides oh, yeah. like yeah they, it was a massive hit when they lost that ship yeah oh big time so yeah Robert fucking Smalls man amazing yeah oh I, I, I this one's been on my list to do so I'm glad you'd yeah. You did it. You pulled the, the trigger. I fucking did. Uh, 
it was a fun one, man. And and I eat that like 1850s shit up. I I love like mid to like late 1800s. I think they're so like that pre-industrial age is just so fucking cool to me. Or is yeah. that pre-industrial? Is that just no, no, that's post-industrial. Industrial was the 1700s. Oh, so yeah, post-industrial age. I think it's so fucking wild. Yeah, and it's it's so difficult to when you're thinking about history. So let's say you're like uh, right now. Let's think think of the past. Think about when Vietnam happened. Mm-hmm. About 50 years. Now think about a soldier in the trenches of World War One. Now be in that state and think about something as long ago as Vietnam, and you're talking about the Civil War. That's a good point. Like they probably and no, they they did. They had you know the older people, the old vets That's that you see on the point. street during World War One were Viet or Vietnam. Goddamn, were. Civil War veterans. Jesus like, Christ! It's so difficult to put that into perspective. To process that it's like within close eighty together. years of each other, easily, and just within the end of World War One to the beginning of the Civil War. Just within a hundred years, you have, you know, you have muskets and cannons to gas chambers at Auschwitz. Yeah, that's a good point. That's Jesus. two generations. Yeah. Good Lord. You know, if you were born and a child, let's say 10 years old, during the Civil War, you were very likely an older, they're called older adults in the nursing industry. You know, you were an old person. (laughs) (laughs) An old ass. You were an old ass, but you were still alive during World War II. Yeah. So you got to see both. That's crazy. And World War One, and and all the wars in in the uh, Caribbean and South America by the United States. That shit's crazy to fathom. Yeah, and like it, it's crazy how far time is, but also not. Yeah, really though. Because if you think about the Vietnam War and how that looked, and then you go to uh, World War Two, that's only twenty years. That's a good point. Yeah. Like you very well, you were twenty during World War II. You're gonna be forty, 40 in Vietnam. Vietnam. Jesus Christ! You're gonna be, man. oh, what was it? You know, you're very well likely gonna be, you know, fighting in World War II, fighting in Korea, and even potentially fighting in Vietnam. God damn! That's it's so like wild it's so weird about. to think about time in how, that way. How often that shit was happening during yeah, that time? Because we 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 frame our history as this like, okay, well, it's in the centuries, so yeah, the things that happened in eighteen ninety nine are decades away from the things that happened in nineteen oh one, and you know the fall of the Soviet Union. That's a good point. In the yeah. you know mid nineties, <laughs> wasn't that long ago? Yeah. To today today yeah 30 years not even that's that. that's nothing yeah so because we we think of history as these just these big events yeah with periods of nothingness in between but really it was just when really it's just boom 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 happened. something happens yeah. something happens something happens and it's just something finishes five years pass something big happens mm-hmm. happens for five years five years pass after it's ended something big happens again yeah it's so wild to think about yeah, it's crazy. But good perspective. 
Uh, I didn't weird. Really, it's weird to think that those these two fucking like the the discourse of America split between the top and bottom half happened eighty years before the discourse of the fucking planet against Germany and Italy and Japan. It's like yeah, what the like fuck? sixty, seventy years, yeah. seventy years. It's crazy, it's crazy shit. Like that. That is it. That's all yeah. it took. So. You get, you know, you're a young adult in the Civil War. You're very well going to still be alive, potentially in World War II. You're gonna be old as shit. Yeah, but could be, could still be alive to to witness that and see God that. Damn, crazy shit. All right, well, you got. Patrons. Oh yeah, we should probably let let these fine folk go. Yeah. <laughs> so that we don't just keep rambling. Yeah, our, our fucking thirty more minutes of discussing time timelines. <laughs> All right, so patreon.com forward slash points o pressure. Sorry, I was kind of tilting my head away from the microphone. I'll fix it. So thank you guys. You guys let us keep the lights on, keep upgrading our, our software, Amazing. bringing fun content, hopefully, to you guys. So if you're, if you're interested and want to help us out, go ahead and check it out. So chairperson of the PP, Mini D. Donnell, thank you so much. Abby. Big thank you. AJ's Third Nut, Lindo, D's Nuts, Not me. Nordic Thunder, Toddle Waddle, Dark Runner, Haley, and Casey McFacey. Thank you guys so much for letting us keep God, doing really this and though. providing, hopefully, some education. What does Habby say? I hope I we, at some point, you exhaled slightly out of your nose at some of our attempts yeah. at jokes. <laughs> God, really, though. Uh, well... As usual, find us on Instagram and Twitter at Points O Pressure. Reach out with any shows, like TV show suggestions, books, movies, music, or if you just need somebody to talk to, by all means, reach out, and we will catch you guys next week. Thanks again.